gentlemen, I we have assembled. How are you? I'm not too bad. How are you? <laughs> I feel amazing. Anytime I get to go to Montreal to see the, the Habs win a game, especially against the Leafs, it just makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. I feel great. Good. It wasn't bad. No, that's fair. No, no, no. Uh, sorry, Daniel. What? Oh, how was the train ride? Uh, I, we didn't. Uh, it wasn't a train. The oh, family okay. and uh, we, we, my mother and stepfather and I, uh, we, we drove on uh, Saturday morning. Got to Montreal probably around like two o'clock, uh, and just you know chilled in the hotel and then left first thing this morning. My brother and his lovely fiance watched dogs first while we were gone, and it was great. The drive's what seven hours? Uh no, it's less than that. Uh, Six. I want to say we left at eight thirty. Eight thirty one. We were on the road and we got to Montreal at two. It's not that bad. I have a question. I, I can't. Stepfather is no. also a very fast driver. <laughs> yeah. Wait. So did you guys? Okay. This my question hinges on: Did you guys take a pit stop? Yeah, we stopped in Shannonville. No, no, Marysville okay. for gas on the way back. I think it was Shannonville. Okay. What's your go-to food when you stop during uh, we, road trips? We 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 pack food because the on uh, because okay, the thing yeah. is we want to stop once and Shannonville and Marysville have cheaper gas, mm-hmm. so we don't do it the on routes. Plus, you know okay. the prices are up there, wow. so we make food before. So I made some nice buttered toasted bagels with some uh, with some bacon before. Made mm-hmm. some some tortellini the night before too, and had that ready. So yeah, oh special. So Shannonville, if you are listening to this, <laughs> we are the two in one podcast. You and Marysville, thank you for having cheaper op- gas. We are open to uh, sponsoring you for the cheaper gas and the local businesses on this podcast. All weed shops, especially in Marysville, all okay. weed shops. Yeah, it's 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 pretty funny. So it's just like Toronto, yeah. like it's just like Queen Street, basically. Yeah, exactly. yeah, exactly. Uh, excuse me, watching you see a red mark between my eyebrows. I stupidly had like shaved a little bit of hair. If you were like nose to nose, you could see a bit. But for some reason, I'm, I, I think I can grow a unibrow. So I try and avoid it. And I accidentally cut myself three times with the razor. So uh, I look very bad. So sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, we can talk about the game. One of my dogs is outside my door because I can hear him sniffing. It's fat tubs and what a great dog. Um, so uh open the show the habs or more accurately jake allen beats the toronto maple Leafs on a 49 save performance um guys i'll get into the in-person experience as always but um what are your guys' thoughts on the game alex you're the least fan let's start with you um if i'm being 100 percent honest i actually thought uh they played they played well like i, I didn't think it was necessarily um a horrible game and i at the same time, I don't think I'd say uh, they got goalied. Um, I, I know that that's a popular term that like that usually gets thrown around a lot when a goalie makes a lot of saves. But I actually thought the team played quite well. And I saw Sheldon Keefe's quote after the game uh, pretty much saying the same thing. I think what it came down to is a lot of uh, a, a few silly mistakes where... Montreal took advantage of them. And I mean, like if we go back to last year, that's what Montreal was good at that. Like this shouldn't come uh, as a surprise to anybody um, who watched last year playoffs, regular season. So I, I thought they played a good game, but again, like those silly mistakes cost cost them in the end. It was funny that it felt like for a majority of the game, Montreal just tried to break up the left side of the ice, and then they learned flip it to the right. We might actually have a zone entry, which was kind of embarrassing. Ignore they had one shot for the first 50 minutes of the game. But yeah, the Leafs, I mean, I don't think you that. What was the quote from Sheldon? I'll take 82 of those. Yeah. Uh, so we'll take it. Dan, what about you? 
Yeah, for me, it was just one of those games where the Leafs did play their game. It was clearly evident, 51 shots. It's just <laughs> what you said, and it's Montreal was able to kind of capitalize when the Leafs weren't at their best, and it was a lot of time, like a lot of little times throughout the game. Uh, the goaltending was fine. You know, 18, he faced 18 shots, Calgrin. Uh, Shalgren, my Shalgren. apologies. He faced 18 shots, but he just didn't look like he was fully stretched out for much of it. And then that's what happens when the goals happen. I know Will Baldwin has come on and he's mentioned before that when a goalie doesn't get a lot of action all the time, that's probably like the roughest thing that could happen for them in the game. Yeah. And I think he was sharp, but, you know, it was 4-2 because of the MP netter, but it was a close 3-2 when you look away from the shots. Uh, I thought Montreal were extremely lucky to win the game, to be honest. Um the Savard goal when it happened, I was, uh, I was, my first thought was beside the fact, yeah, we tied the game, hype, screaming, shouting as I always do. My thought was, why is Savard so far up in the play? Right. You know, I only feel like, well, wait, wait a minute, you should not be this far up. Um, but we'll take it. And then uh, what was the the second goal was Caulfield, which, uh, which you yeah, you're not gonna stop that. It's funny the Leafs started to pick up on um, when teams are starting to the crowd, the sort of scene pass that Suzuki and Caulfield have. So then naturally, and this is why you run a power play the way you do, um, is that opened up Weidman a lot more. And then once he had it over the Caulfield, there was just no chance. And shout out to Caulfield going straight to that Leafs fan on the uh, on the glass. That, that, was yeah. funny. that was funny. Shout out to the Leafs fan for not flipping him off, as some fans do. <laughs> um, <laughs> that guy was just having a good time of it. That was really cool to see. It was funnier, I think, with the thumbs down. I don't know. It's just kind of that yeah. level of like, I don't agree with this. And. Yeah, I, I I enjoyed it more than if whether or not if I saw like a middle finger. He clear he clearly didn't have too much to drink. I think that's like the threshold. That's the yeah. line, right? If you have too much to drink, you're probably gonna flip somebody off. But if you don't have too much to drink, you'll just give him a good old thumbs down. Mm-hmm. I had someone who by the third period, the row behind me, who clearly had too much to drink, um, because his his French was becoming more slurred and very loud throughout the night. <laughs> uh, I couldn't even understand some of it at some point. I can sort of distinguish some stuff in French, but that guy was like, I don't know what you're doing anymore. A guy beside me kept trying to tell me who Josh Anderson was. I'm like, yeah, I know. Oh, Josh Anderson. Who's Josh Anderson? Yeah, was, he was like, yeah, it's Josh Anderson. I'm like, I, I know. Did you tell him that uh, we almost broke that trade when we almost went live? No. For the draft. Didn't it, it happened just before the draft, did it not? Did Literally it? mere hours. Yeah. Wow. I can't. I don't, uh, my memory is not were, great for that. But. I believe so. I'd have no, to double I, check, but I, I believe it happened then. He, he, I'm just wondering, why did he want to tell you who Josh just, Anderson was? At some point. So, you know, in the first period when Caulfield knocked down Alex Kerfoot, mm-hmm. how funny was that? Um, I was like, I went to my mom. I'm like, was that Caulfield? And and I'm like, I didn't know we had it in him. And the guy next to me, he was like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll fall five, six of them. And then he just kept making, as it went, it like opened the door for him to kept saying things to me. It was just kind of like, it, I, I just, I know it's just like, you know, at some point when it felt like he was trying to explain the game to me. And I'm like, dude, I, you don't, I, I didn't tell him to shut up, but I was just kind of thinking, I'm like, dude, I know how this works. And then you pulled out your phone, you opened Apple Podcasts because that's the app. And you said, look. I have a okay. podcast. You didn't ask him when you the three pointers happen. No. Well, the, think I'm the type of guy at the game who who does the announcing with the thing. Number twenty two, Cole Coffee, with the assist, like a, you know, 
I'm not kind of fan, right? So I, I, you know, your way. I around. knew who Joel Edmondson and 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 Josh Anderson were, and he was like breaking down Romanov's play. I'm like, I, I know. It just, it was just well, completely. Where? I didn't encourage it. I wasn't like, hey, talk about that game. He just kept talking. I'm like, okay. Did he also have too much to drink? He only started drinking in the third period. Funny enough. Only in the third period. Yeah, which was like that's like the complete opposite. Yeah, he got all his food and drink in the third. He came back. I'm like, that's, what? Are you, that's what? interesting. What are you thinking, sir? That's an interesting tactic. That's not the way it works. I'll get like a coke in that at the start of the game, and I'll probably have it done by the first, maybe the second. But it's just that's it's weird. I don't like. I don't like it. A stressful game to be at, though. It's always a stressful game. Did you guys know by the end of the night the Habs were playing with ten forwards? By the way. Yeah, I read that. I just yeah. was surprised that that happened. I didn't even know what happened, but somehow Pitlick and Pizzella got hurt, and then it was just down to it was on the tenth of the rest of the game. No, I did. I knew uh, Pizzetta had gone down the tunnel. I did not realize um, Pitlick as well. Wait, even... wait, which Pitlick? I feel Tyler. Like, Tyler. Like, that's a legit. Like, yeah, I know yeah. it's it's funny, but like it's a legitimate question, right? Tyler and Rem now are both playing. Tyler wears twenty four, and I'm like, no. I don't know why you did that. You shouldn't be allowed to do that. That's a that's a rule. Twenty four, and yeah, it's just. I remember when Adam Brooks had it for that pinch that he was here for. Yes, that was a uh, that was wild. Um, Jake Allen, just my goodness. <laughs> We're gonna talk about the Oilers later, but I remember earlier in the year when I'm like, you know what the Oilers should do? Go Jake, Jake Allen. Allen. Mm-hmm. I think they should have gone. Anyway, he was what a performance that blocker save, especially he made. My goodness. Um. Well, we should probably talk about from the game is the game winning goal from our boy, Paul Byron. Was it a trip on Matthews or because some people are making the argument that they sort of it wasn't a trip. It's just he went into Byron's skate and what might be looking like him kicking Matthews skate, maybe him taking off and taking a first stride. I want to get your guys opinion on it. So for me, I, I think it depends on the way you define it. And I, and I saw a diff, few different angles, uh, I guess, this, this morning. Uh, and I saw a few different arguments this morning as well, where I think one of them was, you know, it was accidental, right? Which it, Dangle, I, I rewatched the stream this morning and, uh, and the LFR and Dangle made that, or Steve Dangle, sorry, made that argument that it was accidental and it wasn't a trip. Um, I just... I saw a play earlier this year where it was accidental and they still called it a trip. So again, like I don't, if it's accidental, I guess, no, like it's not really a trip. And then in that case, Paul Byron did not trip um, Austin Matthews. I guess it's just the way you define it. And again, that's, that's gotta be the most NHL answer I've ever given. Um, But I, I would say, no, it is not a trip. I like how Alex got to the conclusion of it because the way you kind of went about it is how I also felt. Yeah. Because again, like when it comes to these plays and you mentioned that these things have happened in the past, um, there's never really one set of principles for it. It's just, was it by accident? Okay. I'll take that excuse right now. Or I use that reasoning right now to say this was different from another event. So for me, it did not look like a trip. It looked like it was an incident, like an act, like accidental thing. But I don't know, like for the time or when it happened in the game, it's also something I also consider as well. We're like, okay, is this something that would factor into the result of the game or what would happen next? 
and, and that's since he that's where it is. So I, I do believe it was a penalty. Uh, I do. Uh, in the moment, I'm like, who cares? Because my team's not winning. Um, and I've been. This is the third game I've been to this year. They hadn't won the first two. Remember the Colorado game? That was the jersey right, on the ice. Right, yeah. Right, right. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, I was. I wanted the win. Um, my heart rate wanted it too. Um, so I, I did think it, it was a trip, accidental or not. Um, if you shoot someone, you still shot them. Doesn't matter if you I meant know. to or not. That's extreme, but uh, <laughs> it, it should have been a penalty. And I mean, I wonder if the refs did think it's too late in the game. We can't call that, which they've done it before. Um, it was very interesting league. that the first period, there were no calls. At the start of the second, Sheldon Key was actually having a conversation with the refs. Um, and then I was, and me watching, I'm like, I swear, don't, don't, don't let this happen. <laughs> uh, and then in the second, the Habs got all the calls. And then in the third, the Leafs had all the calls. And you're like, okay, so this isn't a coincidence, is it? I mean, it wasn't like they were on Montreal side, like the cross check that Joel Edmondson got. I was like, you know, that's a fair call, but like Ben Chirot would get away with that kind. That was the, the Shea Weber Ben Chirot special. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and the guy sitting next to me was like, yeah, yeah, you got a cross check. I'm like, yeah, I saw. Yeah, no, I, I saw. I'm, I'm aware. I saw. I, I yelled, <laughs> holy bleep when it happened. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it, 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 it dictated the game. It, it won Montreal the game. I mean, we've seen what Paul Byron can do with some speed on the breakaway against the Leafs before game one. How's it going? Um, sorry, Alex. Um, but uh, yeah, let's see. I got my three, one shirt and it's one of the big, find the picture for that goal, by the way, it's, it's incredible photography. Okay. Um, I want to quickly talk about something to do with the leaf side of things. Okay. Alrighty. After the game, Mr. Sheldon Keefe said he was not satisfied with the way William Nylander was playing. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Um, and naturally, I think I noticed, I think Nylander might have had a partial break or he had a really, really good play at some point in the game. But I didn't notice him a ton in the game. And he scored. Um, yeah. Yeah. And he, you know what? I, again, I want to point this out. Everyone like Matthews always lights up Montreal, too. I always say this. Nylander is quietly like one of the biggest Habs killers in the league. I swear. Even that off year he had after signing his contract, yeah. he lit Montreal up. He always does. It's incredible. I hate it. Um, but um, he, he talked about that with Nylander. The second line continues to be criticized and people were talking about splitting up Marner to Matthews to get Tavares going again. And the other guy is Wayne Simmons. Uh, the reason I mentioned both of them is, listen, Nylander is a different conversation. Simmons is on a bit of a cold streak, apparently. A little. Uh, we know that Nick Apersese has just been signed. So that's pretty cool. And we know that a big part of not trading him or Matthew Knives as they wait for him to show up, because I think he's still playing right now. Yeah, I'll double um, check. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be to test out some of that fourth line. And well, that's, that's really it is. How do you guys see Simmons playing lately? Because uh, you obviously watch him more than I do. Um, I, Like he's not been great. Like that's a fact. Um, And again, like I, I think that's something that fourth line and and Wayne Simmons isn't the only guy on that line who hasn't performed. Uh, Jason Spezza hasn't been fantastic. He got uh, healthy scratched uh, a couple weeks ago. Um, but again, like I, I wonder, you know, these guys are older. Um, I wonder if we're getting to that point where it's like you acquired this depth uh, to, with the ability to, 
rotate these guys in and out. You still have Kyle Clifford down in the line, down in the uh, AHL. You have Nick Robertson down in the AHL. Like it, it was very surprising when it happened. Kyle Clifford looked okay on that fourth line. Is it a permanent solution? I'm not sure, but you know, when the playoff comes or when the playoffs come around, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some rotation down there. You know, Wayne Simmons one game. If Wayne Simmons isn't working, you have Kyle Clifford. Like they do play semi-similar games. Maybe Simmons is a little more skilled than Kyle Clifford, but I think the physicality they bring to the game will be important when it comes to playoffs. But yeah, no, Simmons has not looked great recently. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I I wouldn't mind if, and I'm going to use the Kawhi Leonard example again, as I always have. So I don't fun. mind. Pardon? He's a fun guy. Yes. <laughs> um, I wouldn't mind load management with Spezza or Simmons. Um, I think, okay, first with Spezza, it is the age. It is skill, kind of a skillful guy. He's already been, had a bit of a healthy scratch. Healthy scratches here and there, but I wouldn't mind that you give him a few days off, especially when you see a lot of the other guys coming back from injury. There's going to be a lot of forwards there that they're going to want to want minutes. And going into the playoffs, I wouldn't mind if you kind of mix things up. Uh, same thing with Wayne Simmons. Um, I think a big thing, and I'm going to use an example of Lula Morello when I think it happened three times in his career where he decided that he wanted to be the coach of the Devils because he didn't want to make a new hire when he fired the recent the the past guy. Right. And he would have all these guys just healthy scratched, and he would only use them here and there depending on the matchup, depending on what was going to happen going towards the game. And he did it both towards a push towards the end of the season and during the playoffs. So two examples are Jay Leach or Eric Bolton, who were guys that were, you know, the typical heavy enforcer type guys, but he knew that he didn't always have to use that physicality. Like he was still a guy that wanted that energy sometimes from the fourth line. Completely unrelated note. Was it not Claude Julian that he fired? Yeah. And then it was uh, another guy. I forgot his name. Oh, Something McLean. Doug McLean? Uh, Todd McClellan? Just running through. John McLean? John no, McLean? No, that that's, from, that's Die That's Die Hard. That's <laughs> anyway, die hard. anyway, anyway. Okay. Um, Something yeah. McLean. Yeah. I wonder, if you guys remember from our, our last episode, yeah, we, we took the week off because it had tired from the deadline. I said that I thought the Blues were one of the two teams who kind of wanted more from their deadline. I realized I forgot to say who the second was. And I think it was Toronto. Not because they made the move on defense, obviously, and they tried to make the move for Tatari, and then the waivers thing happened. So that was a moving goal. And I remember listening to 32 Thoughts and Freeman said maybe they were looking for a forward. And I would imagine the perfect scenario, that was Andrew Kopp. I wondered if they wanted to either, if the salary could work and they could hang on to Kerfoot in the same way, if they could maybe have gotten the more surefire thing for the fourth line. We know that they wanted to keep it open for Knives and Abersese, but I wonder if they wanted to get just one more guy who was a not like like a sure thing. You know what I mean? Maybe not like a super sexy, either a guy they could move down if cop came in or like just another set guy. Just because, yeah, just because I, I just, I wonder about Simmons and that. Well, I think I they think. made that move. I thought it was part of the Giordano trade. I thought that was Blackwell. Oh, yeah, they got Colin Blackwell. I, I, I thought that was Colin Blackwell. And 
Um, That's on me. I completely no, no. forgot they got him. Completely no, forgot. No, no, it's fine. Because uh, you, you brought up Nice and Abruzzese earlier, and maybe it's just me, and maybe I'm just the ultimate skeptic. Um, I don't know if I'm a fan of how much we're talking about, especially Matthew Nice. And I, I, I watched the, him play. Like I watched uh, his his first game of the Frozen Four, and like, yes, he's going to be a great player, hopefully for the Toronto Maple Leafs one day. Mm-hmm. But I think saying that they're going to sign him and you're going to put him on the second line and that's going to be your solution is a dangerous game to play. It's it's a he's a 20. He's 19. Mm-hmm. To me, I thought the uh, the solution here is you have two options in my eyes. Uh, you have Blackwell as an option. And I saw earlier David Alter tweeted um, about the lines that they're going to use uh, tonight in about 45 minutes. Um, big game. Big game. Yeah, against Florida. First game of the year against Florida. Who's, Weird, who's, who scheduled this? Um, I think the two guys you're more inclined to try on the second line rather than Matthew Nyes is uh, Colin Blackwell. Yep. And you know what? He maybe he hasn't been the most notable player player so far compared to you know Labushkin and Giordano, and I think the impact they've had on the back end. Yep. But I think you give him a few more games, then you give him the chance on that second line. The second guy is Andre Kasha, and right now he's out. Uh, and I think it's a lot of it's very precautionary because he's had. Uh, issues with concussions and stuff in the past. But when he does come back, I don't see why you can't put him on that second line with Tavares and Nylander or whatever combination Sheldon Keefe chooses, because if you're not playing him there, you're probably playing him on the fourth line. And I don't know if that necessarily uh, makes sense for his skill set. I think he'd be much better utilized, in my opinion, on the second line. I yeah I completely agree with like the whole university NCAA aspect of it when you look at depth so I know it's not always comparable with certain players but I'm gonna think about Matt Boldy where he comes in for the Minnesota Wild um, they know he's gonna burn one the first year of his entry level contract but it's it's not looked at and maybe I'm just thinking because the Toronto hype sometimes in terms of prospects in the market. Mm-hmm. But for me, Matt Boldy is a good example of how you approach that. So what happens is he gets signed, but he goes to Iowa. They're patient with him. And he he, he stays with the team, eventually gets called up. And mm-hmm. he's one of the emergency guys that you put in as a depth player in the playoffs, where I know that's a big push, but it's something to look at as an option where, you don't want to just put the guy into the top six. And he didn't play top line minutes. He didn't play second line minutes. He didn't even play third line minutes when he first came in for Minnesota. You know what I wonder or what I think it may be? Um, and I'm not saying this is directly the least management thing, but maybe this is an idea that the sort of fan bases have started to create here. Is over the past few years, we've seen, I can think of three players in, in like especially that have come in and been immediate different make, difference makers coming out of the NCAA. I think of, I'm biased, Cole Caulfield last year and look at the playoffs. Yep. Um, I remember when McCarr and Hughes first signed, Vancouver were must-watch, and we saw Colorado and McCarr were like, holy crap. 
Um, but we got to remember the echelon of where those guys were. And this is no offense to Abersese or Knives or even Jake Sanderson, but who we will talk about later. That's great news for yeah. Ottawa. Um, but those are guys who came in right away and were like, we're super duper duper stars. You got to like lower your expectations for everyone. Right. right. And I don't even think those guys came in and like the Canucks haven't been good for a couple of years. Like <laughs> there were, there were certain asterisks there. So I wonder if maybe that's why some people are having this idea of Ooh, getting excited. Just got to temper the but expectations. Right. I, I actually think what, I'd have to double check with Abertzazi at least, but I know with Nice, I have it up here. I think he he'd be a guy who can shake things up on the fourth line, uh, mm-hmm. if anything. If he's going to make an NHL impact, I think at this moment it's going to be on the fourth line. Sorry, I'm I'm a little just getting over a cold. No um, he's six foot three and two hundred and five pounds. This isn't Nick Robertson. Right. When Nick, remember, we had the discussion about Nick Robertson and I said, you know, he's young. He's not in his frame yet. He's still growing. Maybe he shouldn't play in, in the bottom six because that's a little too rough. And that's that's rough and tough. Yeah, it, didn't make uh, sense, it didn't make sense. You're not utilizing his skill. I think if you put Matthew Nyes even on the fourth line, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. I think the he's just built in a different manner than Nick Robertson is. And I think he'd be better on the fourth line than just throwing him with John Tavares and William Nylander right now. You could also try for either of them, Abersese, um or Knives, is is down the stretch, um, if you've got like a lead on the team, because if you look at Toronto's schedule, they can't really screw around because I think they have two games against Florida, two against Tampa, one or two against Boston, Carolina. The division could be, you know, the, 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 the seeding, I mean, it might be figured out like the last week of the season in the Atlantic. It's insane. Um, this is because Boston has been playing exceptionally. It's insane. Like the past three games, it's incredible. Um, I like to say that I keep laughing at that picture I keep sending you guys, the STP memes, the uh, Steve Dangle, when you you try to avoid Boston when you look at the stat. Like that yeah. still makes me laugh. Um, like there's a Star Trek edit for it. So, so, um, so just go back to my point. Um, yeah. I wonder if you're up and you have a lead and you get a power play. If you just give Aperceser or Knives a chance on the second sure. unit or something, just to see what they can do. You know what I mean? 100%. To see if they can be an option. Um, you know, there. I think there's there's a few stinkers in there, like your face Columbus. I'm sure you could try and pull that off. Uh, I say that when they've humiliated Montreal and Toronto this year, but I don't right. care. Yeah. Um, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, last thing on the list before we touch on the Habs, because they have some things, a pretty neat stuff. I'd say two more things. First off, what did you think of the Justin Bieber jerseys? Yeah, let's go. I I actually like them. Like, listen, I know they're not for everybody. And I think there's people out there over the certain age. I don't know what we're going to cut it off at. I'd say 40 plus. Um, It's not for you. Do you want to know something really funny? Do you like it? Um, I I, I like the blue one. I'll I'll talk about the yellow one in a second. Sure. Um, On the way back from Montreal, we stopped to see the grandparents. Yeah. And my grandfather was. He's not a fan of Justin Bieber, and he made fun of the jerseys. Fair, and like, fair. And by the way, uh, they, my grandmother listens, so hello. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Hello. So, I don't mean that disrespectfully, but like, I, it's just like, it's the, it, w- it was literally the next gen game. Yeah. Um, it, it's clearly obvious who these jerseys are for. So if you're like Keith Olbermann, uh, get off my porch. Um, yeah. <laughs> Like it's not for you. <laughs> like it's for the fifteen-year-old girls who love Justin Bieber. <laughs> I, I liked. I liked, liked the black yeah. and blue one. I thought yeah. it was 
compared cool. to like like I don't I hated that outdoor game jersey. I really didn't like it. Um, here's why I don't like the yellow one. The moment I saw it, yeah, and I've played a lot of Mario sixty four in my life. I the eyes on it made it look like a star from Mario. And I couldn't unsee yeah, it. Yeah, I saw that too. I was just like, like, I'm a, like they're going to collect this and they're going to move on to the next level of the game. <laughs> I, I couldn't get over it. Um, but like, I thought they were creative. And I have been very critical of the Leafs jerseys like since we started the podcast because I thought they sucked. Especially like the the um, the Retroverse jersey. I hated it. Yeah. Um, but like with this, I appreciate them doing something different. Uh, but the yellow one, I was just like, it, it it reminds you of Mario. <laughs> no, but, that's uh, fair. Overall, I think they did a good job with them. I enjoyed it. I think um, a lot of it, when Adam, also you mentioned the retro reverse, I think a big thing with Toronto is, and I think Montreal has this as well, when they want to try something new, I always feel like they have to see, find something from like years ago and go like, you know, we're bringing back this heritage idea. We're bringing back this classic or we have to kind of just think about our history before we move forward on what we're going to do. And I know, yes, next gen Jersey. So I like that. It was something completely different. It's something we haven't seen before. Like I'm looking back on the past, what, 20, 30 years, the least have never really had like a black dominant Jersey. And I don't know the, the reversible thing I thought was pretty cool. So not saying I'm plus 40, but I, I didn't know Justin Bieber had a company before the jersey. So when I first saw it, I thought it was like the uh, retro Tim Hortons colors. You know, it was like brown and yellow. Like, that's, that's what I thought the first time yeah. I saw it. <laughs> By the way, shout out to Martha Stewart. who this. Like, Oh, my mic. Oh, God. Oh, goodness. Oh, no. Oh, that's not good. Uh, Mar- who Martha Stewart, who leaked the jersey. Yes. Alex, I want to get your take. Is that in- Was that intentional? Was that a... Uh, was that scripted? Well, you never know with her past. You never know these days. Oh my god! Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know what the best part is? My mom loves Martha Stewart. She Not, jokes, yeah. man. No, she's awesome. Beautiful. She's awesome. Is your um, catchphrase still "It's a good thing"? Like, I honestly have no idea. Oh, okay. Um, but no, I, <laughs> yeah, she leaked the jersey. Sorry, I had to make the joke. I had to make the joke. So uh, one bad thing about Toronto losing yesterday is uh, we're going to quickly get the NHL standings up and we are going to look at the wild card race race in the East is I, I love how yesterday the, the Tampa were in a wild card spot. I think they mm-hmm. won today as well as yesterday. Uh, by the way, anyone wondering why it's going to be so crazy right now with back to backs and that, and you're wondering, wow, we have a month left and there's 20 games left. Um, now we're really starting to see the pushback of the COVID rescheduling. Just so you know, that's why so many teams are playing back-to-back today. Uh, right. It's ridiculous. So now um, the Leafs are in the second wild card spot. Two points behind the Bruins of a game in hand. Uh, three points behind Tampa with a game in hand. Uh, and they are nine points behind the Florida Panthers. So, Alex, if we look at this, yeah. if you had to choose between, I don't think they're going to follow the Washington, no offense, because uh, they got the games in hand. So if we're being realistic, um, oh no, we can still mention Carolina because them and Florida are so close. I didn't realize that. So the, the Leafs in the first round could get one of Carolina, Florida, Tampa Bay, or Boston. Uh, pick your poison, Alex. Which one do you want? Okay, so so I was talking to Mike before, and he did tell me I had to credit him with 
Good question. So, yeah, he called me last night and he wanted to ask me who I want. He's like, are, you know, are Leaf Lee fans panicking? I'm like, not really. Leaf fans are not panicking. Uh, like, I mean, they probably are, but that's just their general state of like, they're just generally always panicked. Um, this might be a hot take. And I don't know, but I picked Carolina. Oh, off the board. Okay. <laughs> it, I think it, like I know why, but is it Frederick why? Anderson? Well, okay, so it's a combination of factors. Okay. Uh, one of them is Frederick Anderson. Uh, <laughs> but I, I'll say, <laughs> listen, I love. For, let me start with I love Frederick Anderson. From day one of this podcast, I was Frederick Anderson defender. But that being said, that being said, he did let in some soft goals when it mattered. Um, and you know, I, I think he he did do that. And I, I was given the rebuttal of, but he played so many games during the regular season. That is a fair argument, but I will tell you that his playoff stats were always on par or better than his regular season stats. So I don't like to me, him being tired. I don't know if I necessarily buy that argument per se, but for a fact, he did let in some soft goals when it did matter, especially those last few years. Mm -hmm. Also, I want to be clear. I'm not crapping on the Carolina hurricanes. I think we had this discussion like, uh, over text last night before I, cause I didn't tell you my answer, but we did establish that all these teams are extremely difficult to play against. It's an arms race. Yes. It's an arms race and it's the playoffs. If you can't beat the best teams, you don't deserve the cup. It's a fact. Yeah. Um, I, I think that the Frederick Anderson effect plus I think, and, and people much smarter than me have said this, including the coach of the air, her, Carolina Hurricanes, the Leafs and Hurricanes play a similar style game. Mm -hmm. uh, they're better defensively than the Leafs. That's a fact. Um, but I think when it comes to it, if they're playing their game, they're, the Leafs are more likely to show up. Not only show up, but are probably have a higher chance of winning than you know playing against a Boston, playing against a Tampa Bay, and playing playing against a Florida. Um, and, and I think for me, I look at that and I say, well, you know, and they're always fun games playing against Carolina, always fun, always stressful. Yeah. So that's why I pick Carolina that they play a similar style game to the Leafs. And I think that will in essence be an advantage for the Leafs, but it's not really an advantage. It's just an advantage compared to the other teams. It's just a style thing. And yeah, it's just a style thing. And the the idea that Frederick Anderson may fumble once again in the playoffs. What I would love about this potential series that it is too. Um, they don't think people don't say this too much about the Hurricanes. Uh, underachievers lately in the playoffs. Underachievers the past two years. Okay, uh, I'm the, glad you said it because yeah. I w I didn't want to. They have. I, I remember when they got eliminated last year. I'm like, people need to be talking about this more. Uh. Everyone talks about how the Leafs can't get past the Boston Bruins. Carolina are just as bad. Neither James Carolina. Driver just saw them last year. Was like, oh no, 
<laughs> Even Morassics are like, I got away. I don't want to be back to with the Leafs. I don't want this. The voodoo. Like, no, it's yeah. No, the, the Canes need to win too. Like it's it's very quiet. People never talk about it with Carolina because it's Carolina and there isn't the Canadian pressure there. But man, I mean, you know, they they got to do it. They got to do it. I mean, you know, they they have a pretty damn good playoff performer, Kakanemi. <laughs> As long as he scratched the first couple games, yeah, that's what you got to do. That's when he shows up, and they still try him on center. Do you have any short kings around? Yeah, and then yeah, just see if they have any tiny guys. How tall is Marty Nakas? Send him too, and then then you'll win. It's that simple. Uh, Okay, the Canadians. Jordan Harris has signed. Uh, Apparently, he'll be joining the team sometime next week. Uh, He didn't go to Boston or whatever, Bergevin. It's a. It was a relief. It's a relief as a Habs fan to see him. To see him. Uh, to see him signed. I can't. I, I. I'll never get over that quote, man. It is what it is. You know, if he goes to New York, if he goes to Boston, then that's what. <laughs> that game, you're not even going to try. Event, zip yeah. it, man. Keep your mouth closed. Like, come it's on. Really funny. Like the defensive pairings from Montreal yesterday. I saw them before the game, and I thought this. This could be a bad game. Because William Legison was was in was on the second pair, and I thought, oh no, it's not going to be great. Uh, he wasn't great. It I have is, a question. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. You know. Okay, my question is because Jordan Harris, you know, sought after defensive prospect. What is he? Because we talked about you know Matthew Nyes. We talked about Nick Nick Abruzzi. Abruzzi. Abruzzo Pizza. Episode pizza, yes. Oh, that that plays pretty good. Um, what does Jordan Harris look like going into the NHL? He's a puck mover. Uh, that's the, he's a left-handed puck mover. Uh, apparently, a good thing is, and you hear this so much about a lot of players in Montreal are acquiring uh, speed. Good skater, really good at working like um, of straddling the blue line. Um, and apparently, really good in the first pass. Uh, I've heard first pass more in the past week than. So, so many defensemen have been moving. Um, that's the type of player you expect. Um, he's going to be given a chance to play. I think Mario St. Louis has already said. And uh, I think that was definitely part of the pitch to bring him in. Because you look at it all of a sudden. And uh, don't feel bad, by the way, for, for interrupting. Because you lead actually into the point I was going to make anyway. Is um, tonight against the Devils, uh, Justin Barron, does he making his debut? So with and with Brett Kulak being on and Ben Chirot, all of a sudden Jordan Harris is going to get a real shot. Um, by the way, Justin Barron, fun fact, was Caden Gooley's defensive partner when they were both playing in the World Juniors. Legend. So it was, it was Daniel, already, Daniel already knew that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just and, uh, and, and uh, apparently Gooley texted him. So that's what you're going to expect nice. from him. Um, I, I don't think, again, this isn't a guy you should expect to come in and play in the top pair right away or anything. Like, I, He's still a very young man, um, but he's an exciting prospect who had a good year in Northeastern again. And uh, I think this is he is the type of defenseman that you would expect Montreal to sort of target and build around in the future. Um, and people should be excited for him. He's worked a power play before. I think he's quarterbacked one. And uh, I think there's even be even more chance for that because I don't see Chris Weidman coming back next year. Um, so, yeah, and clearly he was wanted by the team. So that's what you're going to see is the type of defenseman Montreal are sort of transitioning into away from Sherratt, Edmondson, and, and Savard. They're gonna still gonna you still need that size on the back end, but uh, he's exactly the type of defenseman that they like. And luckily, Bergevin drafted him, and 
They somehow held on to him against all the odds. <laughs> Crazy question I have right now is a follow-up. Yep. Okay, he's one of the like if he didn't sign, he would have been one of the most sought-after defensemen as an NCAA free agent, and he was a third-round pick. Yes. Where is he on the Adam Fox meter? Okay, I, I'm not gonna uh, not you, not there. You're, not you're baiting there. him. You're baiting him, Daniel. I know what you're doing. No. I see it. I see it. Man, I wouldn't be surprised. I I tried to keep my expectations low. Like, even though I said he was going to win the Calder, I thought you'd be safe and say Caulfield gets 25 goals this year. Um, probably would have smashed that. Ducharme was never a thing. Um, but you know, you know what? I wouldn't be surprised, for example, if he gets time in the AHL next year. Um, listen, he'll probably start off getting, like, second power play time if they, if they really want to give him the chance. He's not going to be that level of player. But if he can play in the top four, which I think he's capable of, then that's a good player. That's what you want, right? So he's he's going to be an NHL Eller at the fact that he's not going to be a, a Norse Trophy winner. People saying that need to just simmer down. Not that I see people saying that, but he's not Adam Fox. So, yeah, <laughs> okay. Um, beside that, I think uh, Jonathan Druin's season may be done. Uh, apparently he may require surgery on some sort of injury, uh, but he is getting a second opinion. Such a shame because before he got hurt, he was one of the few Habs producing. Um, had his kids, so I'm sure once he came back to the lineup under Murray St. Louis, he was looking lost, which was just such a shame. I seriously, guys, am starting to wonder whether they buy him out this year. Jonathan he's got Drew? one year left on him. Yeah, I'm. I'm really curious about it. I haven't looked at the buyout calculator, which I'm assuming Alex is about to look up. Yeah. Uh, because he's on his computer. Lovely, lovely. Um, but I just, I wonder if this guy needs a new start. Because uh, honestly, it's just, he has had such a rough go again this season. Even if he's, he's obviously sorted out his own mental health, but on the ice, it's just, it's been another season where he started off great. And then, you know, injuries and have just derailed it again. I feel so bad for him. It'd be 1.8 for two years. That's that's and that's manageable. They're trying yeah. to cut salary, but that's I think that's manageable, especially if you can move Weber on the, in the offseason and Petrie's going to be gone. Probably. I think that's manageable. Can, can we talk about that for a second? I heard something that really pissed me off. What? Um, it was about Shea Weber's contract. Did you listen? I don't remember. I'm catching up on my SDPs because I was a little behind and I've been sick. So I. You know what I'm talking about. So Steve Nangle on the STP said that Arizona tried to go after, uh, to acquire Shea Weber's contract. And the the league said no. Pretty like it it wasn't uh, the way he described it was it wasn't at the point of there was a trade like agreed to and the central registry said no. It was that they kind of called the league and said, Hey, we're doing this. Yeah. And the league said, no, you're not. Yeah. Uh, man, like that's so I, I I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to decide if it's up, more upsetting because the league actually did that, or if it's more upsetting that we're in that, like, why do these contracts, like, why are they here? Like, like we had Chris Pronger be on the books and work for the league. Like, how is, like, just retire, just end it. it, it, What's frustrating is this is the second time in, like, a calendar year they've sort of made exception of Shea Weber. 
Remember at first they thought they were faking that Shea Weber was possibly faking his injury. Uh, when that's just disgraceful to look at Shea Weber and the way he's played and like the way he's carried himself to think that they would be faking it. Uh, it, it, it it's very annoying. Um, yeah. So what's interesting is I was listening to the support athletic, um, Arpin Basu and Mark Antoine Godin, uh, Godin, Godin, uh, on my way back from Montreal today. And they suddenly they pointed towards it. Maybe Winnipeg swooped in in a way with the Brian Little contract, and that may have been a factor. Because remember, the, the Little contract is a year shorter. But um, he, but I he still needs more money. Weber. Yeah, he but, owes them. He owes Brian. They owe Brian Little more money. Like unless it's you know a, a few years of the the Clarkson and Horton trade where it was about insurance. I don't know if like. Shea Weber's contract is insured. I don't, or, I don't think like, it is. Which I'm kind of like, maybe, Nashville, what were you thinking? And I don't maybe, know if yeah. afterwards, I don't know if afterwards Montreal can do it in the, the middle of it, but yeah, he signed that in Nashville. Now, I think something else like Steve may have touched on it was, it wasn't a great look at the time. And I wonder because Brian Little's kind of been out of the thought of everyone for a couple of years. When I saw the deal, I'm like, oh yeah. Um, because oh, you also got to remember that in his post deadline thing, Kent Hughes sort of said that they felt confident it was going to get moved in the summer. So maybe they were like this thing of, and I think this is what Steve was pointing out too. You look at everything that's happened with Arizona right now, especially the timing of that second Katie Strang and um, Shapiro article. Yeah. Great stuff. That maybe it's like, okay, let's not make ourselves look dumb, but at the same time, then the Brian Little contract. Uh, sort of contradicts that. Uh, it's uh, to, the, to answer your question, Ridley. Yeah, yeah. It, it bothers me that again, Shea Weber has been like, oh no, no, or that's not it. But I, I think if it gets moved this summer, then I'm like, whatever. But it, it was very frustrating to hear him say that. What, Steve coming an insider lately, eh? Yeah, I've realized he's like, I am not like a lot of us. He's like, I'm not an insider, but yeah, he had Brennan Manel. He had uh, John Quenville at the expansion draft. Uh, he had one more thing. I don't remember what it is, but he had a few things. I'd like to say, though, and I've mentioned it already, that that Bride Little one, I'm looking more into it because I think my initial reaction to it was, why didn't the Coyotes kind of <clears throat> ask for more from the, the Jets to kind of bury that contract? And I, I think... They have the leverage. Yeah, I'm like looking more into that now. And I think, too, where you... A good point you mentioned, Adam, was the length when you compare the contracts where the coyotes were already in this weird situation, well, as they always are in terms of their cap and little was just kind of an easier one to swallow. I think. Exactly. Because it's not Montreal. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, if it was, if it was Montreal, it'd be the, and, and Adam Wilde said it, and I think he was spot on. If it was, if it was Montreal, it would have been the opening segment to every single show. Hockey Central at noon, or Jeff Merrick, sorry, that hockey said Jeff Merrick show, this show, SDP, like the list goes on. It's Montreal trading Shea Weber's contract to the Arizona Coyotes. That's a story. After the hometown hockey segment, of course, because that's very important. Mm, anyway, anyway, let's go to Belleville, Ontario to learn about where Andrew Shaw played as a six year old. Uh, yeah, but no, I mean, listen, move it in the summer, please. <sighs> move it into the summer. Um, Evgeny Dodonov. So, as he wait, sorry, one second before that, I ruined it. I'm sorry. Uh, Jake Sanderson signs with the Sens. Yes. Uh, big part of their future. Drafted high a couple of years ago. 
Uh, I remember Alex saying, how the hell is he moving up in the draftings? He hasn't played all year. Very great point, Alex. And uh, a question talk I would still that. love to have answered. We, we, we don't talk about that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but uh, he's there. That's good for Ottawa. And they need good news after we just ripped them apart at the deadline. Like everyone did. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like we didn't rip them enough, but it's okay. <laughs> is Tyler Clevin signed? Who cares about Tyler Clevin? Because his roommates with Jake playing? Sanderson, like, who well, that's cares it. That's about Tyler Clevin? Getting both contracts at the same time because you're like, oh, you guys are both in the same room? All right. He's not real. J- Tyler Clevin's not real. He can't <laughs> hurt me. He's not real. He's only in my dreams. They and donated those two picks to the Leafs. I can't. I, I can't stand Tyler Clevin. I can't. So what were those? Yeah. So they moved down, and that's what um, they got. Was Niemela and Niemela and Roni Hirvinen. That's hilarious. Oh, the sends. Uh, yeah. That's it. That's all you're getting today. Dodonov. Did that trade? Oh. Oh no. Okay. Oh, you're back. You're back. You're good. Okay. Good. That was a shame. I'm not touching the mic, so I don't know why he keeps doing that. Sorry if you're listening to that. Just killing your enjoyment of the show. I apologize. Stupid technology. So as we were finishing up the show is when we had confirmation about the Dodonov deal. But like an hour after we finished, Chris Johns was like, this may not be done. Um, so we're going to be a little late to it. But uh, the trade was voided because it was proved that Dodonov had his 10 team no trade list, which is on cap friendly. I don't think anyone was surprised about that. Um, Freeman did kind of make a point of, you know, they're 99% right. There could be the off chance, but still it didn't look good, especially when, they have the guy who made General Fanager working for them, Does Vegas. I'm happy I remembered that, but then I listened to STP and Adam Wilde mention, like, I'm not going to get credit for remembering it, so never mind. Um, <laughs> the um, Battle so of the Adams. Sorry? The Battle of the Adams and content. I know. I wish I had his talent, though, as a host. I really do. I really do. Anyway, uh, so Evgeny Dodonov turns out he had a 10-team no-trade list, and Anaheim were on it, and the trade was with Anaheim. Uh, there was proof that he did send his list on, on time, unlike Patrick Bergel and all that. Um, so the trade got nixed. He has continued to score, including the OT winner yesterday versus Chicago. So we got to Montreal, and I actually got to watch the whole game. But literally every time I had my back turned, I missed every goal except the game winner. I was so mad. Anyway, um, he gets the game winner. But what's really funny is everything worked out. Because Riley Smith is now on LTIR and they activated oh. Alex Martinez and they had a must like that Chicago game is must win for them. They do it. It's great. Um, Robin Leonard may be coming back soon. Apparently it's starting to not look as hopeless in Vegas right now. Eichel scored in that Chicago game too. They're not out of the woods yet, but things are starting to look a little better for the Vegas Golden Knights, which kind of sucks because I wanted chaos, but whatever. <laughs> It's crazy what happens when you start getting like really good players back in here. <laughs> yeah. And you're able to afford them. I think that's a big thing about yeah, it. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, uh, what a messy situation. But yeah, it's uh, for me. I don't know. It was just, of course, Evgeny Dadanov scored the game winner for them in a crucial game. Like, of course, something like this would happen after this guy was, you know, um, did you see that? I think it was a joke when someone was like, man, I don't understand with the league and these reversible jerseys. And then they showed the Leafs one and then they showed like that enough with a Ducks one and a Golden Knights one. Like, oh, in the same day. The memes were great. <laughs> yeah, they were great. You know what I really like about all this, too? Uh, that Vegas, the, the team, his teammates are so supportive of him. Uh, that was really, really nice to see. You can tell. You know what's so annoying? <laughs> For the guys in that room, 
this could be a rallying point for them. Like what happened with Florida and Keith Yandel. That's what's so yeah. annoying about this. Yeah, it, it very much could, could be a rallying point. And, and I guess I don't know when the playoffs exactly start, but day one of the playoffs, they're all going to be there. If they get there. If they get there, if they um, get there, yeah, though, that, I'll that's, just that's quickly, I'll get the standings up so we can get a point in looking at this. Um, here we can now look at the Western Conference, which is so much fun, isn't it? Norm Master Chief in the background, he looks great. Um, okay, so we go look at the wild card race in the East. So the West, I'm done. Okay, so if we look at it. Uh, the Blues, by the way, have been not great lately. Uh, so right now, if you look at we it, still the, see the East, yeah we, yeah, we only see the East, you only see the East. Yes, unfortunately. Why does it say my screen sharing is paused? Oh, no. Oh, because you made it full screen. Why? Try not making it full screen. Oh, there, there. we see it there now. There we go. You see it now? Okay, yep. good. So there it is. Excuse the notes. There it is. Everyone knows what's going to happen now. Okay. No, I didn't see the notes. We don't see don't? anything else. Okay, but you yeah. see the Western race, yep. right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. perfect. Sorry if you can't, if you're not watching the YouTube version of this. Okay, so right now, uh, Colorado and Minnesota are there right now. They're looking all right. Top of the central uh, Nashville are either fighting for first wild card, or if they can catch the blues, they're going to be fighting for that. So that's the sort of battle there. Uh, Vegas right now are in the second wild card spot, but what hurts them is they're only a point ahead of Dallas. Dallas have four games in hand, which does not help. So if Vegas have to keep going here, they have 68 games played. The Oilers have two games in hand. Only a point ahead. That's going to lead us to Edmonton. Now, because I think right now that's the best shot Vegas have of making it. Unless Dallas completely dropped the ball. Excuse me. Unless Dallas completely dropped the ball. Okay. Last night, now I was too tired after watching the game, so I couldn't stay up to watch the Battle of Alberta. Um, but the Oilers lost 9-5 to five to Calgary. What a game. Hockey night in Canada. <laughs> uh, their goaltending... Twas never a question of if, rather when. Koskinen gets yanked after letting in five. Smith in relief allows four. By the way, shout out again to Jake Allen. Uh, you should have gotten him. Um, it does not look great for Edmonton because it is only a matter of time with that goaltending. They could make it still, but I think we can all see what's happening there and it's surprising no one. No, it's it's not. I think we had the discussion last episode, right? Like, great. They added Brett Kulak. With all due respect to Brett Why'd Kulak. You remind me, I forgot. Sorry. <laughs> sorry, sorry. With all due respect to Brett Kulak, he is not going to fix their issues. There are bigger fish to fry in Edmonton, uh, much bigger than Brett Kulak, unfortunately. History no, but, repeats itself. Sorry, go I ahead. think I think history repeats itself. Where everyone brought up the Chicago playing around, every brought it. Everybody was bringing up Winnipeg again, and I, I admit that the forwards did get better, but just you know preventing all these goals. And it's a conversation we had before where you can't rely on two both of these guys to really kind of get you there. I think um, Adam, you've mentioned a lot of times before where by committee, you replace the production of things. I think simply with the goaltending right now in Edmonton, it's just more of just throw whatever you can at the wall and see what sticks at this point, because you've already gone through this already like twice. Listen, 
you could have overpaid to get Jake Allen and really overpaid to make Montreal retain half and you have him at like a million dollars. For this year and next, you could have been golden. You know what I missed? Golden. You know what I meant? Uh, you know what? Like I wish didn't come. Like, it didn't like it didn't come to fruition. They didn't get Charlie Lindgren. Oh no, they didn't. Oh, he stayed. But um, an interesting point. Do you know what happened specifically last night to do with the production of one Edmonton Oiler? Um, McDavid. Not to McDavid had two points, I think. But yeah, uh, two assists. So, so Leon oh, yes, yes, yes. Leon Dreisaitl had a hat trick, which if you don't if you don't track goals as much as I do, that puts Leon Dreisaitl tied with Austin Matthews for the lead league in goals. I believe he was a minus four, which that's not a knock on Leon because the first off that shows that all his points were on the power play, which is fair, but that's not a knock on Leon. But that shows that Leon Dreisaitl, 50-50, sorry, former 50-goal guy, MVP, Hat trick, and still the Oilers lost. He was on. If that for, is not Edmonton. I don't know what is. So he was on for seven of nine goals. Oh my gosh! If I can do the math correctly, I, I don't know how in the world that happens. I, I don't know how in the world that actually happens. That's I think Kulak problem. was only a minus two or three, which is good, but. And, and I, I I say this I say this as a <coughs> sorry. I say this as a Leafs fan. The I went to go look at their schedule to see how they've been playing. And there's a lot of high scoring games when they win in terms of their scoring a lot. That's gonna be a problem in the playoffs. It it sounds like the Oilers from the start of the year, doesn't it? We're scoring a lot. We're allowing a lot, but we're outscoring the problems from now, and that does not work in the postseason. Yeah, as, as someone who's watched their team lose five times in a row in the first round, you cannot outscore your problems. No, uh, especially if you like uh, the Kings is going to be a fascinating, fascinating lineup because see the Kings have a, a certain player who is very good at shutting down the top elite talents of the league in Phil Deneau. Yeah. 20 goals, 20 goals this year. I love it. Oh, Woo. No. Oh, Do you really love it, Adam? Do you truly love it? I'm happy for him. I, okay. I actually am very happy for Bill Pino. I'm very happy for him. So they'll he'll shut down Connor McDavid. Yes. And then Anze Kopitar will shut down Leon Dreisaitl. Eh, it's oh. sickening. And then Quinn Byfield will shut down Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Just not, oh. That's that's intense. That's that's tough. That's tough. Um, but if Dowdy's out a while, then maybe that throws a spanner in it. But even if they can do that, well, they have to survive Vegas coming out. Right. If Vegas stay where they are, they play Colorado in the first round, by the way, which oh. is which is Same. just not fair. <laughs> that's a that's hilarious. Uh, That'll that's be a, a disgusting a, first round. That's a the rematch. Uh, speaking of returns, I, that wasn't a return. It would be a return to a rematch of last year's playoffs, but I. I bought that. I'm sorry. Uh, Patrick Line returned to Winnipeg last night, or was it last night or the night before? Uh, a few nights ago. A few nights ago. I'm just dumb. Uh, Jack Roslovic was there too, and they they had a joint return video package. And Brad Larson. Oh yeah, <laughs> that's that is so strange. <laughs> just I was wondering watching the video. I'm like, why are they showing Brad? L- oh yeah, uh, just. I disrespect. I, I just, it's nice that they gave it to him. And I appreciate the Jets fans were very positive towards Patrick Line because maybe they realized the real problems. But I was, yeah. just, I was just thinking, I'm like, could you not have, 
I almost get it because it's like you can't do a video for Jack Roslovic, but it's kind of awkward if you're like, line A, thank you, Jack. But it's like it still looks very strange. So I, I want I to I sent you guys all those those messages. But his mom was there, too. I, I think I, you guys saw that, too. I did. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I want to read this tweet from Harmon Dial, friend of the show, about how good Patrick Liney's season has been. Uh, it feels like Patrick Liney's bounce back season is flying under the radar a bit because of how many other dominant individual seasons we're seeing around the NHL. 25 goals and 48 points in 46 games for Line A, a 45 goal, 85 point pace prorated over 82 games. Because he was hurt. Yeah. Yeah. When it's a contract wow. year. Yeah, it is. Wow. Oh, he bet on himself. Patrick. Is he going back to Columbus? I think so. Yeah. It's quiet. His team doesn't hate him like the Jets did. He's their focal and- point. And yeah, and from the yeah, like I think from the Blue Jackets perspective, you have like he, he's not the only guy you're building around, right? Like we had that discussion about Columbus, I think, pre-deadline. And it's like they got all these offensive pieces. Yep. Like you just added Patrick Line uh, last year, and it's like, wow, okay, here he is. Mm-hmm. Uh Alex Ovechkin. Is up to I think it's 42 goals. I think he's 29 from Howe and 122 from Gretzky. But I want to talk about his counterpart, Nick Backstrom. Uh, so he got celebrated last night for a thousand a thousand assists in Washington. And I guess for pregame little trinkets, they gave the fans foam apples, like little stress balls, and to celebrate, they all threw them on the ice. For those of you who don't know, because it's a bit of a hockey slang thing, another term for assist is apples. I don't know why, but yeah. Why is this just dime in uh, basketball? I never understood that. Is it? I, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Fun fact, when I was at the grandparents today, they were saying like, what are all these weird terms that the people on TV are using? And I'm like, they were saying some terms where I didn't even know what they were. What did, let's see it. Let's see if we, Daniel and I can, you, you can answer. Can, uh, since, since they listen, we I, can I can't answer the question. I remember them. Like, they were so awkward. Like instead of board and you said wall. And I'm like, you know, I've heard the term half wall, but just saying yeah. like, Instead of boarding, they called it like a, a wall hit. And I'm like, wait, wait, who? I'm like, who have you heard? Say? These people should be thrown off a, a TV. corn wall. It was not a corn wall. Corn wall. Crow, cron. Ah, oh, what a great player. Um, by the way, the guy sitting next to me at the Habs game, his, his, uh, his. <laughs> this guy. Moritz Sider is his rookie of the year. <laughs> is he a Canadians fan? He was a Canadian. I like this guy's like a reoccurring guy now. On he this, is. This episode. I feel like next episode he's gonna be like, remember that guy I was telling you about? And then he just spit something new out. I'm like, oh, I love it. He calls in. You, you always meet interesting people at games. And- you you do, you do. Uh, I've I've met a few. I met a guy, I met a guy who looked really much like Charlie Lindgren. Um, that was the Maybe. first time that the Bell Center ever hosted the Golden Knights fun fact that game. Oh. And uh, I remember Jeff Petrie got his his jock strap taken off for a goal. Montreal won the game, of course, but I remember that vividly. Hasn't changed with Petrie. I shouldn't say that. Get well soon because he's out indefinitely with a lower body injury. Serious questions as to whether he's played his last game as a hab, which is going to be kind of sad. But um, it's time to go. It's it's time for everyone to move on. To finish off the show, from 32 Thoughts, the blog, thought number seven. No guarantee it happens, but I do believe, this is Elliot Freeman saying this, I do believe Claude Giroux is doing his research on Ottawa. Now, apparently, so he's from the Ottawa area, um, which everyone thinks he's French, but I think he may be from like Gatineau. It's something weird. 
Uh, apparently he's building a house there. So maybe he goes to Ottawa to retire, which I think would be a fine move for the sense. If he can bring Claude Giroux in, I just, Claude, just, just, uh, why not go somewhere where you could probably go ring fishing for a couple of years? Like Hosa did. Oh, I don't want to dump on the sense. Like <laughs> I just, they do need a number one center. Like at this moment, I think that's their dire number one need. I don't think. And I think they would admit it themselves. I see them. I see sense fans talking about it all the time about this need for a number one center. And I mean, he's an aging number one center, but I think it's a nice guy to have around. Yeah, with incredible. Yeah. Exactly. Like with the likes of Josh Norris, uh, Stutzla, um, for sure I'm forgetting someone and they're going to roast me for it. But you got the young guys there who, you know, it'd be nice to have Claude Giroux around. I, I, they don't have that presence, I, I think. What position does Tyler Boucher play? <laughs> the left, uh... left wing. Oh, left wing. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Um, yeah, they're like, yeah. And to give credit, just Drake Batherson play wing or is he a son? I think he's a winger. I am going to double Alex check. Right no, he's the he winger. Plays, right? He plays the wing. Yeah. Um, like Josh Norris, you mentioned him. He's a really good player, but is he number one? Imagine Norris is good, right. but imagine him as your second line center. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Batherson uh, does not play center, according okay. to Cap Weird. Friendly. Weird. Um, that's a guy. Imagine because what we don't talk about in Ottawa is like Jake Batherson was having a really good year, but he got hurt. I want to say Norris missed some time. If they can build up the center of their lineup and fix that defense, um, and then you know maybe Matt Murray can take can s- stabilize his game. He's been he's bounced back well this year. Then maybe the Sens can finally take that next step forward that Dorian thinks that they're on. You know what? I rip. We rip on them, but for their fans, I really hope the Sens take a step forward. I really do. I'm not. I think we can all agree on this. We're not ripping on the um, players. We're ripping yes. on you know who. I will, um, yeah, I will still criticize Claude Giroux for signing there because I don't get it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Unless no, he wins a cup with call with a floor, then Florida. it's like okay, cool. Never mind. But. I, it's it's weird, man. It's weird. They're they're a weird team in the sense. They're weird. They've always been kind of weird, haven't they? A little bit. Daniel, what do you have to say? Do you like a? What do you think of Claude? What do you think of him going to Ottawa? That's kind of weird, isn't it? It's weird. I uh, I don't know. Kind of nowhere to be honest. For me, I actually did not know that fact you mentioned about Gatineau, and or not the speculation that he is from the area there. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm so focused on the fact that he is on a team he wanted to go to. He's excited again. And the Panthers, I don't know. They are facing the Leafs right now. And I believe it is what? 1-0? Yeah. So For who? We'll see. Toronto. Toronto. Good. Score. What is it? Scorbin Riley. I I saw that tweet. I've I've never seen that, but I believe you. But anyways, um, yeah, I don't know. That'd be kind of weird. If I don't think he goes there unless they give him like nine million a year. Ah. And that won't happen. Uh, I just want to make you guys aware of a score right now. Um, the, P- the Pittsburgh Penguins are playing the Detroit Red Wings. <gasps> oh my God. And uh, it's, uh, it's 10 to Pittsburgh. 
with uh, 12 <laughs> minutes to go in in, in the third. And Eddie Malkin has a hat trick, guys. He, he has a he has a hat trick. Kasperi Kapanen has a goal. Three points for Latang. Three points for Sid. Three three points for Teddy Bluger. Apparently, nice. Oh my god, what <laughs> happened? Man, this is the oh wow. Um, Eiserman's gonna he's gonna hurt someone. Yeah. Shout out to, to uh Sorry. Larkin and Vrana who have the goals. That is I uh, just want yeah, I just want to point that out. I'm sorry to go back to the Leafs, but nope. congratulations, David Kampf. Three hundred career games. The guy I didn't hear I've never heard of until last year. Where I had never heard of until last year. I only heard also, him in the NHL video games. Also, fair enough. Uh, I want to give a shout out to the Sabres who are giving it to the Rangers. It's four four right now. Go Sabres! Uh, I w- I heard uh, that someone blew a lead. The was Rangers it, blew a two like nothing lead. Nothing? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's embarrassing, isn't it? Yeah. Like yeah. Rasmus Asplund has a goal, guys. Rasmus Asplund. Man, if the Habs ever got Rasmus Asplund, I'd be yeah. such a happy person. Um, I don't know if you were gonna bring this up. Uh, for the Habs, but I saw there's the Colin White stuff uh, in 32 Thoughts. I, I meant to also I, I meant to transition in the Sens thing. Oh, sorry. No, it's just like because people were speculating maybe he gets bought out and he gets a fresh <laughs> chance. I'm like, I don't want I just, that contract. I, I, I bring just, him in. For I just want. I just want to say how right we were from the beginning. <laughs> oh, about how they were going to trade him before a certain point of his contract. Was, yeah, and we nailed it. The sounds are so predictable. It's hilarious. That's it's just awesome. Like sometimes we, things are happening where it's like, oh wow, we might have just called it from the beginning. So like, what exactly it. is it? He has signing bonuses or his trade protection? Or uh, I remember we said there was a certain exact point, like you say that he was going to get traded. But what was the exact thing of it? So okay, so he has no signing bonuses, all straight salary. He's in the third year of a six-year deal. Yeah. The first two years. Base salary four million, uh, years three to five four point seven five million, and, and the last right. year yep. six point two five million. They are so predictable. Okay, wait, wait. How how long? How much term does he have left right now? Uh, three more years after this one. Uh, yeah. Okay, buy him out, please. I don't want that. I, I just if they're doing that, that, that means they better be trading Dvorak because that's expensive. I don't like that. I never understood that Colin White extension. Well, he was to be honest, he was he was decent. I know that. It's just like the six years was just kind of weird to me. Yeah, I was like well, let's yeah. bank on this guy, but I don't know. He, I believe he signed the extension. I'm just looking at his stats now. After a year where he put up 41 points in 71 games, probably think he's on the up. Listen, I trust Kent Hughes, and I wouldn't be surprised if someone gets out of the odd one is better. I just I don't love the number. I yeah, don't love the number. number, which, first off, shout out Ken Hughes for getting one of his clients a hilariously good. Was it is Benoit he... Pouliot, by the way, who was like, oh, yeah, Hughes is great. He got me this crappy deal. This, this really, really good deal when I had a really bad year. Oh, it was when he signed with the Rangers, right? Like I that think so. Three, yeah. four year deal. So Ken Hughes knows how to get his agent some, some good money. I mean, okay, Colin White maybe wouldn't be bad at him. Like, he's 25. Yeah, I'm sure. It's just a number. It's yeah. just the thing is like, A, what can he do under Maurice St. Louis? And if he can be a capable second-line center. It's it's a big thing. Is it, I wonder how it, it depends on how they draft. 
like I think Hughes made it clear he's not going by position. He's doing best player available, which is how you should do it. Um, so it, I think it depends on what kind of player they get at the draft. I'm not going to say who to jinx it, but um, you know, there's a there's a sentiment or two that's pretty good in the draft this year. So what, uh, remind me, the new draft rules, is it that if you win two straight years, you're ineligible? Or is it if you win first overall or you win a pick and you're, are you disqualified after that? Because I was kind of thinking, I'm like, what if the Habs win the, a lottery pick next year? Does that mean they're ineligible next year for the Bedard draft? Um, I'm, I'm going to go look right now. Yeah, you're right. They did change it. Because people were joking, oh, the Coyotes could get both. I'm like, yeah, but can they? So these are the changes that um, were are going to be made starting in 2022. Teams mm-hmm. will be restricted from moving up more than 10 spots if yeah. it wins one of the lottery draws. Second, uh, teams cannot win the lottery more than twice in a five-year period. Okay. Wins in the lottery prior to 2022 will not be counted. Okay. Okay. So they, so theoretically a team like Seattle or Arizona could win Bedard and, and, uh, and right. But then yeah. in the third year, they would be ineligible. So if they finished last, they would be automatically bumped down the third then. Um, or, I believe, I, would, I, I think so. I would. Yeah. Okay. 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 That so would that's, make sense. That's, that's hilarious. Um, okay. Well, I think we can end it there. Alex, you got my picture, by the way, right? To be the thumbnail. Did I see yep. that? Okay. Yeah, we, we all saw it. Yeah, that was awesome. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Um, check out the show wherever you listen to your podcasts. They're all there. It's just a YouTube. That's fun. Um, check out all our own social media stuff. That'll be in the link in the description. Um, my YouTube channel, Alex's stuff for the... Well, I almost called them the Seahawks. It's the Nighthawks. Nighthawks. Um, Daniel's Gubs for CJRU. Canada going to Qatar. Let's go. Congrats. Uh, right now, I, I bet, you know, the cold at BMO Fields was Jamaican the crowd crazy. Hey, and we will see you later.